help on Christmas Eve, that would really be a, a big deal. Well, I've been praying for those people caught in that Hurricane Sandy and the challenges that have been going on there. Thank you for praying for them. I do want you to know that we have already responded financially through Convoy of Hope. And uh, those of you who participate in a one-day offering, you know what that is. I'm telling you, you're there right now helping make a difference. Convoy was there. They had all their trucks there. Uh, Hal Donaldson, the president, just sent me an email the other day telling me how many pounds of food they've already given away and the crews that are at work. So you guys, that's why we do that one-day offering every year. This is a classic example. So thank you for sacrificing and giving in that offering. Yeah, let's say thanks to God that we were able to be uh, a part of that. It really makes a difference. So obviously, if you want to give above and beyond that or you weren't here on the weekend, we received that offering you can uh, designate that, and we'll send it on the convoy if you want to help some people there. All right, let's dive in. Um, turn over your bulletin to the back page, and we're going to look at another part of the book of Mark. We have been walking through the Mark uh, book for since uh, the beginning of the year, and uh, I've always looked forward to it. Now, I, I preached on this text probably about 20-some years ago, I mean, I may have preached on it since then as well, but, but it was over 20 years ago when we were over on LeMay. How many of you attended this church when we were over on LeMay? Okay, quite a few of you. We, um, Bonnie told me about this, and it was one of my bloopers. And I don't have too many bloopers, and I'm glad. But the ones I have are usually pretty bad, and I will not tell you what they are, okay? But um, this was one of them. Um, I was telling this story, and I was, I was talking about Bartimaeus, and I said, Bartimaeus looked up and saw Jesus in his grace and his care. Bartimaeus is blind. <laughs> he did not look up and see Jesus. So I just want you to know that. I know Bartimaeus is blind in this story, all right? But sometimes, you know, we, we say this phrase, seeing is believing. It's the idea that if I see it, I can believe it. But we've called this message today, Believing is Seeing. Because sometimes when you walk with God and faith has to lead the way, you have to somehow believe God for the thing that God has put in your heart. That's what vision is. It's seeing it before it actually happens. And Bartimaeus is a perfect example of a guy who absolutely saw this miracle in his mind happen to him and his physical need before it happened, and he was not going to let Jesus out of his sight. So we're about to read a story where a, a blind man sees, but, but people sometimes don't see spiritually. He was physically blind, but I want you to just have it in the back of your mind today. Do I have open eyes, open ears, and open heart to the truth about who Jesus is? So with that, let's dive in. Number one in your outline, just put this down, a little bit about Jericho. This, this happens in Jericho, and so I want to just take a minute or so and read the text and tell you a little bit about well, Jericho. Mark 10, if you have your Bible, Mark 10, verse 46, says this. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. Now, that would be typical. Would you agree? This is what has been happening in the book of Mark. We've seen it over and over. If you've been here, we see the crowds follow. They create all kinds of havoc, which 
Jesus loves people, but it is a challenge for him to find a place to stay. He does miracles, and then more people are following him, and more needs are following him. This Jericho place, how many of you recall the old story of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho? This is the, this is the place. This is where they marched around the walls, and the walls fell down. That's this place. This is the place where Jesus was tempted to jump off the cliff. It's on a very high bluff, and it, during his temptation, it was in this area that Satan said, jump off, and the Lord will save you. This is the place that's high up on the hill. This is the place where Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree. Remember this story? And Jesus came to him and looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house for dinner uh, tonight. This is a place where many called it a place of deception and a place of violence. Um, the Jericho Road that was the road going to and from. Jesus is probably on it when this story ha is happening. Because of the distance from the next main town um, was very, a very dangerous road. People were encouraged to never walk it at night. Uh, thieves hung out around Jericho. And so people were very careful about when they came to Jericho and when they left Jericho. And so keep that in mind as we walk this. Yet Jesus is willing to go anywhere to find hurting and wounded people, even to Jericho. So they're leaving this town. The second point in your outline is this. Do we recognize our own dependence? Do we recognize our own dependence on anything? And this is what it says about Bartimaeus. A blind beggar. That's quite a phrase, isn't it? This is how he's described. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Jesus and the entourage are coming down the road, and this blind beggar named Bartimaeus is sitting there. When I think about how he might have gotten there, did he have friends who helped him? Did he use a cane? What are his other senses like? Maybe he knew Jesus was passing by. Maybe this was his normal begging hangout place. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. We just know that he happened to be on this road where Jesus was going, and he was blind, and he was a beggar. And by the way, the only occupation in these days for someone who was blind would, would probably be begging. And there were many beggars in Jesus' day. And so that's what he did. And I, I started thinking about this. He knew that he was dependent on Jesus if he was going to get his healing. He knew, when you're blind, you know there's a need. Sometimes in our lives, I'm not sure we fully recognize that we have a need, especially spiritual needs, because we're sort of in a world where we can make everything happen. Who are you depending on? What are you depending on right now in your life? Um, how many of you realize that you are depending right now on that chair that you are sitting in? Did any of you even think of that? Probably not. But if 50% of the time you sat in one of these chairs, if they broke, how many of you realize week after week you would be checking that chair before you sat down in it? Because you have learned to trust it, but you are dependent upon that chair. What would be some things that we are dependent on every day? You know, how about electricity? Anybody use electricity today? Yeah, we all did. We all did. We're using it right now. We are dependent on phones and email. We're dependent on gravity. <laughs> I, I think if God, you know, turned off gravity one time, uh, it would teach us a big lesson, right? <laughs> I'm dependent on people in my life. 
I think of food supply and water supply. You, you talk to people who've been through this hurricane and uh, just getting water, just having the power off, just the darkness, just the, the challenge that they are facing, suddenly it's things that we will not take for granted anymore because we are dependent on these things for life. This story is about a man who is sitting by the roadside alone, needing some help, and Jesus shows up. Number three in your outline, jot this down, and this is where the story gets fun. There is significance in perseverance. This is really a great story. Because Bartimaeus is just absolutely going to create havoc for a lot of people around him. And he's going he's to find a way to get to Jesus. Verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Are you seeing this scene? Here's this blind man, this beggar, who hears Jesus is coming, and he cries out, and people are saying, but he only shouted louder. I <laughs> Don't you like this guy already? I like him already. He only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, it's a beautiful thing when people don't give up. It, it just is, even if it's annoying sometimes. It's a beautiful thing when people don't give up. Now, Scholars would say, and it's, it's true, that when, when you use the term son of David, is there anything significant about that? Go like this. <laughs> yeah, there is. This blind beggar named Bartimaeus was calling out this phrase son of David, recognizing that he was believing and proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah would come from the lineage of David. So there's no question in my mind that when Bartimaeus is, is shouting out, Son of David, Jesus might have in the background heard him, and that phrase caught his ear. Now, there's a big crowd there, okay? We know that. They're telling Bartimaeus to be quiet, but I think this phrase, Son of David, somehow caught the attention of Jesus, and he won't give up, even though everybody around him is saying, Shh, be quiet. Probably, probably other things that weren't so nice either. Uh, there was not a lot of help for beggars, and this guy just wouldn't stop. What, what creates this kind of passion in us? What, 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 what does it take for you to decide you're not going to give up on something, especially in, in your spiritual life? What does it mean for you to say, I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to keep trying. He, he kept going even though people yelled at him. I, uh, I don't want to be someone who gives up easily. I was thinking about what causes us to give up sometimes. Um, the discouragement of others, the lack of fruit. You know, we don't, we don't see it changing anything. And, and it's so easy. There are a lot of people who are giving up in our culture today, in our world today. And I just want to say, this is a great message to encourage you to keep crying out to God. Keep your request in front of him. And don't be afraid to say it. I was, I was on a plane recently where a few rows up, you know, if you, have, if you have babies right now, God bless you. We love your babies. But, man, when you take them on airplanes, it's a challenge, isn't it? And especially for the parents. I always feel more sorry for the parents than I do the people sitting beside them because I've been by, by babies many times, and I tried my best to make it a good experience for the parent because this mom was worried to death because the baby was starting to cry. It wasn't actually a baby. It was like a toddler. And, and he, was, he, he was used to getting his way. Have you ever met children like this? 
<laughs> yeah. And, and this kid knew that he was in an environment where he could get whatever he wanted if he would shut up. So he would yell real loud. His mom took this candy bar away from him and said, you've had enough. That's enough chocolate. You had on and on. And so so he's, he starts yelling, I want it, I want it, I want it. And his mom's like, okay. <laughs> and, and I was grateful. <laughs> I was great. saying, can I buy him some chocolate? Uh, it was just really cute. But this, this child knew that it had to just keep on saying and keep on asking. And that, that tenacious desire, sometimes that childlike faith in our lives when we come to God, we need to just say, God, I'm not leaving this until I hear from you. Even if it's not the answer you want, is there something about, have you guys ever heard the term praying through? You know, I, I grew up in church. You guys know this about me. And, and I, I remember so many times hearing people say, you just need to go pray through. And what that meant was that you go find a place on your knees somewhere and you start praying and you don't get up until you feel you have an answer from God. And that burden is lifted. Even if the circumstances haven't changed, that burden in your spirit has lifted. And I just want to encourage some of you right now, the thing you're fighting, the thing you're going through, go pray through. Get on your knees and don't get up until God has put something in your heart that brings peace back into your life. Bartimaeus just kept on saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he wasn't going to stop. Look at, look at number four. How can we seize every opportunity? How can we seize every opportunity? Verse 49 is sort of the response of Christ to this man. It says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped. Now, this tells me that he's walking by or, or toward, and he hears this, I think it's the son of David that really, I mean, he, Jesus responds to needs all the time, but I think he, he really was captured with Bartimaeus. And he stopped, and amidst this crowd, you can just imagine all the people around him, he said, tell him to come here. So they, they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Now this is, this is everything he'd been wanting. This is, this is like the perfect story for Bartimaeus. It is really, really happening. And somebody turned. I just want to give you several observations that I see in this text that really kind of bless me, and some of them challenge me. The first one that I thought was interesting in the story is that it, it was other people who told Bartimaeus Jesus was calling him. They said, cheer up, guess what? He's asking for you. I don't know if they said, he heard you calling out, but somebody went to Bartimaeus and said, come with me. Jesus heard you. He's asking for you to come. What, what, what can we take away from that? What we can take away from that is we have a world out here who needs a messenger like you. You know where Jesus is. Jesus is calling people's names. How can I be a person who will connect with someone to bring them to where Jesus is? How can I be that conduit in someone's life to say, guess what, it's your day. God knows your need. God's calling your name. And for some of you right now in this room, God's calling your name right now. Maybe you've never walked with God or followed God. God knows your name, and he's calling you out. Another observation that I saw is, I had never seen this before. I've read this story so many times. It says that Bartimaeus threw his, aside his coat. Okay, what's up with that? 
Any ideas on that? If you have good thoughts, just write them down and leave them up here, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw them in, the message, you know. Um, I have some of my own thoughts, but I, I, I just thought of probably it's a pretty heavy coat. It gets cold at night there. It's kind of a desert area, and it's hot in the day, but it's chilly at night. And so it's probably a pretty heavy coat that this guy has because he's used to being outside pretty much full time as a beggar, right? And he throws his coat aside. Why? I think that coat was, was holding him back from getting there quicker. I think his coat was probably heavy enough that he didn't even want to mess with it because Jesus was calling him, he's going now. And I like that about Bartimaeus. I sometimes think I don't respond quick enough to the word of the Lord. Will I respond when he calls me? Will I do what God asked me to do? Bartimaeus just left his personal property there and he gets up and goes to Jesus. I don't know if he went back and, and got it or not. You know, maybe there was a coat laying next to the road for a long, long time. Today, today we live out on the west side of town on the south. I just thought of this right now. Um, there's a, the dump is out there, or the, what's it called? Not dump, that's, that's kind of a non-political. <laughs> landfill, yeah, the landfill. Um, where, they, where you put trash, okay? Um, the landfill's out there, and I turned the corner off of, uh, of a Taft onto Trilby, and there was a vacuum cleaner right beside the road with the cord on it and everything, just a vacuum cleaner, just sitting there like ready to go on the gravel, you know? It's just... It was just sitting there. And I laughed out loud in the car, uh, even though I was by myself. It just tickled me because here's this vacuum. It must have fallen off a, of a truck or something uh, going to the landfill. And, and it was just standing there perfectly upright, ready to go. And I thought, there's a story here about this vacuum cleaner. I just want to know the rest of the story. Well, what would it have been like to just walk by a coat beside the road the next day? Whose coat was left there? That was Bartimaeus's. I don't know if he went and got it or not, but I love that observation. Another observation is that Bartimaeus physically moved. He got up from where he was, and he went to where Jesus was. You make the analogy. You put your life in there. Will you make the move God is asking you to make? Will you go ask forgiveness? Will you make that call? Will you take the first step toward righteousness or holiness or healing in your life? Bartimaeus is about to be healed, but he had to physically take a step toward God. That's what sometimes we have to do in our lives. The fourth observation is he came to where Jesus was. You know, it's not okay for us to sometimes just expect God to just be everywhere where we are. We sometimes need to get on a path to where he is. And I know God's everywhere. But I'm talking about our heart, our attitude. Will I, will I go to where God is? The fifth, the fifth main point in your outline is this. We must not be afraid of vocalizing our need. Um, I want to talk about this for a, a moment because vocalizing our need, is very, it's very difficult for some people to do this, and I'll, we'll talk about it. Verse 51. This is such an interesting question. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Is that, is that odd at all to you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked, my rabbi, I love this, this is the son of David part. He's saying, my teacher, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. I, I love the fact that Jesus did not assume that he would ask for his sight. Because there are greater needs sometimes than physical needs. I, I, I remember Jeff, I think it was Pastor Jeff who was telling us a story about how we jumped to conclusions 
about what people need prayer for. And they were praying for healing. And uh, in, a, in, a, in a service one time, and a lady in a wheelchair came forward, and, and he made the assumption that she was going to be asked for healing that she could walk. And when he went down to her, he said, how may I pray for you? She, she had a request about her marriage. And it just set him back for a moment. So we don't always know. We can't always assume. Jesus, Jesus wants to hear you specifically ask for the things that you're asking for. And that's what this man did. I want to see. Will you express your need to Jesus? Because here's the theological thing we do sometimes, and I do it too. Well, God, so I, I've, I love my morning coffee time with God. I've told you this before. Here I am again today. and Your whole devotional life could go just like this. I know that you know everything. I'm cool with that. See you tomorrow. <laughs> right? If he knows everything, he knows my needs before I ask, the Bible says. Then, then why does the Bible say to ask? Asking changes us. Asking puts a need out there physically verbalized. When you say it, something different happens. Faith can even be born as I proclaim. I'm going to be judged by every word that comes out of my mouth. And asking God means I am vocalizing my need. I've, I've done this many times where as I was vocalizing my need and what I was praying for, I stopped asking for it because it was stupid. Right? Have you ever done that? None of you have done that, I know. But I have. Because when I said it, it just seemed wrong. It just seemed selfish. It just seemed like this is my little thing that I want, and there are bigger things to ask for than just my little world. And so suddenly Jesus says, what is it you want? And this guy says, I want to see. Do you think Jesus gets tired of you asking? He doesn't. He wants you to ask him. He wants you to come to him in faith. Don't be afraid. The last thing is this. Number six in your outline. Is there a difference between waiting for Jesus and following Jesus? Is there a difference between waiting and following? Because in this story, I'm about to read the last little part of this story, and it's fascinating. And I just love it. And I want to draw this out, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Verse 52. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see. Boom. That's, that's big. And then look at the next line. And he followed Jesus down the road. I don't know why that jumped off the page at me this time in looking at this story, but it was fascinating to me that here's a man. What was he doing when we first came to the story? He was sitting, begging. Now he's following Jesus down the road. What happens when my eyesight is given to me? What happens when spiritually the light comes on? What happens when God provides in my life? Sometimes I fear that people just take it and leave rather than saying, I will follow this man. Maybe he went back and got his coat first. I don't know. But I love the fact that a man who was 
begging, who was blind, who was sitting by the road, is now up and he can see. And he's following Jesus with the rest of the crowd because Jesus has healed him. Will I let Jesus heal those places of pain in my life? Where are you blind? What, are the, what is the coat that's hindering you from coming to him? What are the weights? What are the worries in your life? It's worth pondering that. Am I stewarding the blessing of God in my life? I'd like to pray with you right now. Would you just open your heart to God as we pray together for a moment? Lord, I thank you so much for the power of your word. This, this story, it's compelling. Here's a man who was an outcast in his society. And, and many even would attach the sin word to his blindness, that he was being punished, that this is what he deserved, but not you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you heard this man cry out to you, and that's what you do with us right now. So we ask you, prepare us. God, open some hearts and open some eyes in this room right now, would you please? Listen, I'm gonna start with some of you who are blind. You need to be healed. You need to vocalize it to God. Whether it's physical blindness or whether it's emotional blindness or spiritual blindness, blindness is real. And it will keep you from reaching your fullest potential. And I want to pray over you. And I want to ask you, if you know there's blind spots that God is putting in your mind right now, it could be in relationships, at work, financially, it could be a ton of stuff. But you know there's some blindness that God is pinpointing right now. And you need to just ask him for help. Would you just lift up a hand? Let me pray over you. God bless you. Lord, we know it, and we're discerning your spirit is talking to us right now. You're calling our name. You're calling our name. And you're saying, come to me. And we are coming to you. We want to run to you. Touch my brothers and sisters right now who know those blind spots are real, who need wisdom, who need the favor of God in their life right now in the situation that they're up against. Open their eyes, God. Open their eyes. Let them see, I pray. Let them see. Some of you have a coat that's hindering you from getting to Jesus. It's slowing you down. I feel strongly about this tonight. I, I really do. I believe there are people here right now. There's something that's keeping you from going full on with God. You know what it is. You already know. Could I pray that you will leave that here before you walk out of this building today? Could I pray over you that you'll have the strength to lay that on the altar right now? For some of you, it's habits. For some of you, it's an addiction. For others, it's a relationship. It's something that's holding you back from making your way to fully being with God in the way that God is asking you to. How many of you need to leave something behind tonight and you know it? Raise your hand. God bless you. Lord, thank you. We trust you. We need courage right now, Lord. We've tried this stuff before. We need courage. I pray for courage and strength to get up and run to where you are, to leave the code in the road, to know that you are calling our name and it matters. Our response matters to you. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you right now. 
Thank you that you're a God who loves us. Thank you, God, that these people can leave that burden here. They can leave it here. They can trust you. Lord, show them how to trust you with this need. Some of you, I'm praying this week, you'll have a prayer through moment and that you can pray through, as I was talking about earlier, that you'll just get a hold of God, that you'll trust him with everything, everything that you have. Perseverance. Some of you about, are about to give up. The last thing I want to pray over you for is for those of you that would, maybe you even walked in here today saying, if God doesn't meet me here, I'm done. But you're wanting to give up on something and you're just feeling like you're done. Could I pray over you that, that you will trust God one more time? If, if, if that's you, would you lift your hand and put it back down? God bless you. That's very personal, I know, but I just, I think it's important for you to respond. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Church, would you, would you, I mean, we don't know. We can't assume, but we don't know about what people are wanting to check out of life. And they've, they've walked in here knowing that God is able and not sure of how he can do it. But let's, let's pray earnestly right now for these who would say, I'm about to give up. Lord, call their name. Speak the word of life to them now. Put hope and inspiration and love and truth deep in them. Make a deposit today. It's greater than what they've ever known. Let them see by faith. Let them experience that believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing. We believe first. Put that kind of sight in them, I pray, God. Those of you here without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, just pray this prayer with me. Lord, forgive me of my sin right now. I'm sorry, I am. I trust you and I believe you. Died on a cross for my sin and rose from the dead and I confess that to you now. And I trust you for my future. In your name. We ask all these things, Lord. And everyone said amen. Thank you, Lord. You are glorious. We love you. Thank you, Father. Praise God. I would like our prayer team to come. They're going to be available. And before we go, I want us to have a special moment of prayer for the persecuted church around the world. It's, uh, it's just been designated as a weekend where we pray for people in other countries and places in the world where people are dying because they believe in Jesus Christ. They're murdered. And we are blessed. Would you agree we're blessed to live in this great land? And um, there are people suffering who bear the name of Jesus on this day. So would you take just a moment with me and let's pray for the church around the world, especially for the persecuted church. Lord, we are so thankful that we have the freedom to come and say the name of Jesus in a public place. We are thankful that we can proclaim that in our workplace and in our lives and with our families and friends. We are sobered on this day that in the world there are people who have been killed because they profess the name of Jesus. They are followers of you. We as a, as a church here in Fort Collins in Colorado, we pray for those believers around the world who are suffering today. We ask you to give them encouragement and strength that they will know your name is worth lifting high, that they will face these obstacles with wisdom and strength. We thank you that we can pray for them. Remind us to pray for believers around the world who suffer 
for the name of Christ. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Prayer team's up here if you want to be prayed for. Go by the tables and please help us on Christmas Eve by going by Servant Central Serve there back there, Servant Central. God bless you.